Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. (laughs) I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type, like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work, self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, we have Lee and Zaina. They are half of the mother-daughter team called Mom's Stuff Salve. They create skincare products that are pure, safe, and effective. I personally keep their products Everywhere, the car, the diaper bag, the kitchen counter. Their brand and mission is something that I completely adore and stand by. I'm excited for you all to hear more about how Mom's Stuff Sav came to fruition. Here is Lee and Zaina's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. So it is so great to have you ladies on the show today. Zaina and Lee, thank you for being on Hey Girl. How are you ladies? Oh, we're doing fine. Doing great. So wonderful to be here. Thank you for having us. No worries at all. I've been a fan of the brand for quite some time now, and I am so excited to dive in and talk about how mom's stuff came to fruition. So before we dive into that conversation, can you ladies introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and what you do? Well, I'll go first. This is mom. My name is Lee Udall Banyan, and I'm 62 years old and uh, never thought I would be a businesswoman, but here I am. And, uh, I work with my daughters. Zaina is my business manager or in charge of marketing, and we love working together. And I'm Zaina. I'm her daughter, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flesh out her intro a little bit. <laughs> my mom is also a really talented and well-known artist. She's a painter, and that's kind of her her first love and career. And she's been well known here in Utah and then the Southwest for decades and this business just kind of came out of something that she was doing for our family and it's been a real slow go and we'll get into that but I just want to make sure that that gets recognized about her. She's also an avid horsewoman and I'm the middle of her three daughters. I have an older sister Louisa who lives in France and then a younger sister Ada who lives here in Spring City in Utah and she helps out with the business as well. I'll throw in uh, the fact that our my oldest daughter, Louisa, the one that lives in France, she also works for us. She's a really good editor, and so she kind of edits anything we write. And she also flies over every winter and helps me with making stuff. So uh, all of my employees pretty much are in the family. That is wonderful. I you know you guys know that I'm just all for that, and I absolutely love women-owned businesses, specifically women-owned small businesses. So I want to talk about why Salve and where that came from. I kind of know the backstory, but for those people who may be new to the brand, what makes this Salve so special and how was it birthed? 
we live in the southwest in central area of Utah, and our family is very much into the outdoors. We garden. I work with horses. My husband is a avid hiker, backpacker. We both garden. He's a river guide. And we're just always outside. And this is a very dry climate. Uh, long story short, our hands and feet were always in trouble with cracking and being chapped his from being in and out of water. And I just couldn't couldn't find any kind of a lotion or skincare product that helped. And I don't know how I found out about SAS. I think I picked up something at a health food store once that had one or two ingredients and I and it was pretty good. And I just thought, I wonder if I could make something like this. And so I just started messing around with it. And over a course of about five years and just playing around with it, I came up with the recipe that we use in the pinion pine salve. And it worked really well. And after that, I just started giving it to people for Christmas, you know, family and friends. I had no name for it. It just got put into glass baby, baby food jars that people would save for me and give to me. And that was it. You know, I had no intention of going any further with it, but it gradually became something that people wanted to have refilled their jars. And <laughs> will you please make us some? And and how it got its name is kind of a fun story. The oldest daughter, Louisa, the one that lives currently in France, she was working one summer uh, in her college days as a river guide in the Grand Canyon. And um, guides down there, people who work down there, have what they call permacracks in their hands and feet because it's a very harsh environment. You're pulling on straps you know, doing heavy lifting and you're in sand, water, grit, heat all day long. And they would get these cracks that just wouldn't heal. And at night she was got her glass baby food jar out and was putting it on her hands and feet. And the other guides would be sitting on their boats. And um, they said, what is that? She goes, oh, it's just this stuff my mom makes. Mm. During this two week trip they were on, all of their cracked hands and feet healed using this salve. And so at the end of the trip, she was heading up to Utah to spend some time at home, come back and do her laundry. And they all said to her, you have to bring us more of your mom's stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to whip out a little batch for her to take down to all these river guides. And so that's how it got birthed as far as a commercial entity. I'd been making it for a few years before then. It's this long, low, long road to where we are now. (laughs) But that was the start. Zaina, I wanted to shift the gears to you a little bit and talk about how you started helping your mom with the brand and the business and how that's given you a sense of um, community and fulfillment and seeing things grow from little itty bitty to family and friends loving it to now it's being used by different families all over the place. I think that's wonderful. I think I always saw the potential of this product going much further than just sort of the small word of mouth community that was in. So I would say for the first 10 to 15 years that she was selling it, it was, you know, reusable jars with laser printer labels and, (laughs) you know, real low tech. And, um, so I, I think about five years before I started working for her full time, I had a friend who was a graphic designer and I talked him into doing a, just a small branding design for it. So it at least had a slightly more polished look and she started doing it in consistent sizes and that sort of thing. And then when it became clear that it was really starting to cut into her 
um, painting time and also her horseback riding time, which is essential to her well-being. <laughs> so I stepped in and um, started marketing. You know, Instagram was just sort of a new thing that people were using to build businesses. And so I started an Instagram account and started um, helping out with the Facebook. And she was doing a number of small markets at that time in the local community. And so I took that over for her and I took over the shipping so that she didn't have to busy herself with that every day. I was doing um, everything. Yeah, she was doing everything. And so I really took over all of the sort of nuts and bolts business aspects. And then at a certain point, I realized we needed to rebrand. And she had been slowly cultivating and working on recipes for the face balms, mm -hmm. we realized that we needed to kind of come up with a more umbrella company name because up to that point, it had just been the one product for about 17 years. Right. And yeah. And it's been really fun to, to help this, you know, beautiful product and now beautiful products that she's made with so much love. It's been so fulfilling to help those get out to the world and see the way that they're helping people because, you know, I'm constantly getting emails from folks saying, oh my gosh, your salve helped with this thing and that thing and, you know, stuff we never imagined it would be used for. You know, our kind of motto is that healthy skin is, is one of the keys to a happy life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, being able to share a little bit of that love and being able to share a little bit of the, the potent power of nature with people um, has been really fulfilling. And we're, we're really committed to keeping the brand um, kind of small, which is antithetical to a lot of, um, business goals of small business owners at this point, I think. No, I think that that's wonderful. I mean, there's so much to be said about wanting to keep something small and minimal, but beautiful and, um, abundant in the same breath. And I feel that way when I use your products, when I see this out sitting in my diaper bag, I have them everywhere, by the way, diaper bag, purse, car, <laughs> um, bathroom counter, kitchen counter. So I, I love that. I love that feeling of this was made for me and, mm -hmm. It just makes me feel good and it makes me really appreciate what I'm getting. And yeah. I want to circle back to what you just said about um, the benefits of nature. And I saw the video that's on the website of how a salve um, comes to fruition from the steeping of the comfrey leaves in the oils, the melting down, the stirring, the pouring. How does that serve as self-care for you and because when I looked at it it was almost like watching a meditation so I want to talk a little bit about how that makes you feel the making process the touching from start to finish I, I find it very satisfying and very fulfilling that is my favorite part of the whole thing mm -hmm. and basically my part in the business is the making. <laughs> I do I do pack orders occasionally, um, but the thing I really love is the making and the. So it's very fulfilling to me, and I do love hearing feedback from customers, like what you just said about I have this um my diaper bag, my countertops. I see it in my life and I interact with it, and the feeling that you have, and that is one of my intentions as I make a batch of salve is that. The people who will purchase this and use it will be able to feel the love and energy, not just from me in putting these things together, but from the plants, 
from the animals. There's beeswax, there's lanolin. So there are two animal-based products in there. It is not vegan. <laughs> but none of these animals are harmed. And to me, the, the product is a synthesis of this love that is an abundance, a gift from our mother, from our earth. And all I am is just kind of a little person that stirs the pot. <laughs> and, I, and I love sharing it. And so it's extremely rewarding. For me, that is a big part of my pay, is this connection that I feel with the plants, the animals, and then my customers. I, I feel so lucky to be part of that connection. Look, we get it. Your child is incredibly curious and a lot of toys and activities these days just don't keep their attention. Well, keep them engaged with hours of fun with Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. For $12.95 per month, there's tons to explore right from your own home. Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month and each package contains exciting hands-on learning for kiddos three and up. You can feed their inner scientist with the science expedition pack, which is full of cool experiments to try, or you can even make your own slime. And just for my listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code HeyGirl at checkout for 15% off your order. That's HeyGirl at LittlePassports.com. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. And it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. Zaina, at the beginning, you mentioned that you wanted mom's brand to look more polished. How uh -huh. 
did you come up with this new packaging? I absolutely love it. It is gorgeous from the honeycomb design to the minimalist black and white features. I have to first give credit to our first designer, Christopher Henderson. He's a good friend of mine, and he's a really talented industrial designer and um, graphic designer. And so he came up with the first rebrand that brought the honeycomb in. And the look and feel that we wanted was something that felt a little bit old timey, but without being cliche. And we also wanted it to feel fairly unisex because we have a very feminine name, Mom Stuff, um, and you know our customer base is largely female, which we love. But it's also something that's really beneficial for men as well. And you know you've used our products, and they don't have particularly um, floral or right. feminine scents. They're really you know it smells like the earth, it smells like the woods, um, and we do have a number of men who use the product, usually what happens is is the wife or the partner or the girlfriend will um, purchase it or the daughter and give it to a man in her life and then they will start using it. But <laughs> That's um, normally how it goes. So, yeah. So when I came in, um, I took the, the design that Christopher had come up with and then just um, just kind of updated it and amplified it a little bit so that it could take in um, a larger uh, base. And I you know, I really thought about the colors that we would use. We have the sort of honey color that reflects the beeswax and the dark midnight blue um, and then white. So it's, it's very simple color palette. And so I, I, I read a book about branding. <laughs> I watched a lot of YouTube videos to learn how to use Illustrator. It's all kind of self-taught. Um, and then uh, came up with a, a branding guide and style template that we use for you know, as I as we come up with new products, I just use that to design and keep everything in the family of of the feel and the look of the brand. It's beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's so aesthetically pleasing and simple, which is right up my alley. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm a huge fan. So this is just awesome for me to be able to sit down and chat with you about you know the evolution of the brand and what's to come. So Pinion is probably one of my favorite things ever. I have an incense where it's like a reason and I can burn it in like this uh, little ceramic bowl with stones and it gives this our, our house a really beautiful scent. And I want to know about how you guys are harvesting this and what that looks like for restocking and remaking, because it comes from trees that are near you. Am I right about that? Yes, you are correct. Okay, so dive into that a little bit. How has that become a sense of like, I don't know, because I feel like that's the main scent and the main kind of ingredient that makes these products what they are. Yes, the pinion pine pitch was probably the last major ingredient that I added to my formula the first five years I was playing around with it. And how I was introduced to that product was actually by a friend who had lived near Indian reservations in Arizona. And I had given him a jar of the salve that I was making to that point. And he said, I really, really like it. But he said, you really ought to try putting some pinion pine pitch in it. And I said, really, tell me more. <laughs> and he said that the Native Americans of the Southwest use that as their first aid kit for everything. Mm. It has incredible medicinal properties. And I said, well, I've got pinion pine trees around me, so I'll go out and start looking. And I started playing around with it and doing some research. And 
yes, uh, if you do a Google search on pinion pine pitch, you can read a lot about its medicinal benefits. So I started gathering it, and I noticed right away that some trees would have little globs of it. You know, we're talking maybe anywhere from a couple of tablespoons to a half cup sort of hanging on the edge of a branch or the trunk. And other trees would not have any. And I thought it was kind of like maybe maple trees where if I drilled a hole into the tree, then I would come back in a few weeks and there'd be a big blob hanging there because I would wander around for hours with, you know, some buckets and it would take me quite a while to fill up a bucket. And I thought, I want to streamline this. <laughs> so I took a little cordless drill out there and I tried and I came back and there was just hardly anything. Mm-hmm. So I thought, that's not working. Mm-hmm. So I went online again, started doing some research, and I realized that the only reason a tree is offering that pitch is because a certain moth uh, lays eggs. The larvae then drill into the tree, and the tree is trying to expel the larvae. That is what causes the, the sap to flow out. It's trying to cleanse and heal itself. So that's why some trees have it and some don't. And that is why we list it as a wild harvested ingredient. There's no way this product can be farmed. And um, it is a major ingredient. It's probably a third of, of the, the, sab, or the, you know, the product, the finished product. And so I needed a lot of it, uh, although we are still a small company. But I now pay a fellow in our town and his son. And when I need pitch, I ask them. And the best time to gather is in the fall or the spring when it's not gooey and soft. And mm-hmm. so they, they wander around the hills and pick that for me because my back is such that I can't carry heavy buckets for miles up and down the hills. And I thought about... And it's really not for sale. You you can go online. There may be a few vendors now who sell it by the ounce, right? But not by the pound. And so, it's something that I need to figure out here. And I love these guys that pick for me. They pick seed for a living. You know, for uh, after wildfires, the government will go in and reseed areas with native plants. And so that's kind of what they do anyway. And I know they're out in the hills wandering. And I said, hey, you want to pick pitch for me? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're really lovely, lovely people. And so I, I really like using ingredients wherever I can. I try to buy local or from people that I know and, and help other families and small businesses. I hope that answered your question. About it did. Kenya. No, it did. That was wonderful and and beautiful it's actually been a really the pinion has been kind of a guiding light for us in how the business has grown because you know in my efforts to learn how to do business um, i went to like a weekend you know entrepreneur grow your business kind of workshop with these very successful business people and it was great and i learned some wonderful things but i sat down with the CEO of the the organization for a one-on-one and analysis of our business. And I, you know, sort of showed her where we were and, and she said, okay, you've got to be selling on Amazon. You've got to be doing this and da, da, da. And she said, first things first, you have to change your formula. Mm. You have to get cheaper ingredients. You have to, you know, outsource your manufacturing, all this stuff. And I just thought, no, that's, yeah. that's not our business. Mm-hmm. That's, that wouldn't be mom's stuff. That would be I don't know. Someone else's stuff. stuff. Right. Formulated (laughs) stuff. Right. Right. And and the pine pitch, you know, we were really respectful of that plant and try to honor that plant. And you you don't want to over harvest, you know, that's a real problem is there's, 
a lot of people getting into plant medicine, which is wonderful, but there's sometimes a lack of education in how to um, wild harvest in a way that is in reciprocity with the plants mm. rather than going and taking every little bit that you can find and leaving mm-hmm. nothing else. You know, that that's not kind to the plant. It's extractive. It's exploitative. And so we we want to keep the business in a place where we feel like we're in reciprocity with the pinion and we're not over harvesting or taking more than we should and leaving some um, for other people, leaving some for the plant itself. You know, same with, that's why we grow our own comfrey. It's why we try to grow the, the herbs where we can so that we can really be in reciprocity with the plants that we're using rather than in kind of a consumer mindset with them. I love, I, I absolutely love that. Um, that And that's so important and not enough people are doing this and staying true to those roots and not, you know, folding. If you're in meetings with people saying, you know, you need to do this and that you need to shift and change and and just kind of step away from the mission. And I want to kind of talk a little bit more about that. How was it so easy for you to say, you know what, that's not for us? Because sometimes for small businesses, it can be really tempting to take on that larger scale of, of, of business, of branding, of partnerships and things like that. So what made you stick with your roots, aside from what you just listed, of course, but what made you stick with your roots? Like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep it small. We're going to keep making things by hand and doing things ways that are ethical and fair for not only our consumers, us, but also Mother Nature. Well, part of it is neither one of us has a background in business, <laughs> which <laughs> right. is always a handicap, but I think in many ways it's a blessing mm-hmm. because we tend to go by our feelings and we've had to learn the business end of things really gradually, but it's kept us from, I think, adopting those kind of um, viewpoints or paradigms of, you know, follow the dollar and and just looking at that as a guidepost for building a business. You know, my my reason for making this and selling it uh, foremost was, yes, to help with supporting my family a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but also to share and be a blessing to other people. And that's why I started making it for sale is because people wanted it and people needed it. And I've never really lost that intention. And as we've gotten opportunities, you know, we did consider selling on Amazon. We did, we have thought about, wow, maybe we could get a contract with, you know, some of these local food chains that deal with, you know, kind of health food type things. But the the closer we get to it and the more we've studied that, we realized there would be demands mm-hmm. for um, numbers and amounts. And we just realized that doesn't feel good. Yeah. That doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't serve our goals, which are to make enough to maybe help our families out, but also so that we still have free time. Mm, yeah. yeah. Having time to enjoy life is really, really important to us. To me, it always has been. And I think my daughters have grown up with that in a home like that. So they get it. And so a big factor of our business is allow we work hard, but we have time to still do the other things that we love. And so every step along the way, we've just looked does it feel good? And now I think having done that for working with Zyna full time for what about four or five years now, Yeah, we're getting a lot clearer. You know, we used to have to kind of hold something in our hand when, you know, a moment of growth or a threshold came our way. Mm -hmm. It would take us a little while to figure it out because 
those quick growth situations are kind of tempting and kind of they can go to your head yeah we've flirted with a few of them and then we just realized it didn't feel good and so now we we understand a lot more but i know we've got other things to learn but (laughs) my husband and i were asked to speak at a local uh, university once for an entrepreneur i'm not even sure if i'm saying that right uh, (laughs) class and i just laughed and i said do you want us to speak to a group like that because i said we're really you know we're not millionaires we're my husband's a potter i'm a painter he works as a river guide and i make mom stuff so we have four things that we make a living with but they're all things we love to do Mm -hmm. between the four of them we get by and so, so we called our presentation Accidental Entrepreneurs. <laughs> so into it with a big business plan. We didn't have goals of being millionaires. Mm-hmm. And we had so many people come up to us after the class that say that told us this is the first presentation we've had during this whole class that we can relate to. Mm. Because being a millionaire or being rich is not everybody's number one goal. Yep. It's to to make enough to be a, a asset or a help to your family and your household as far as finances go. But it also is satisfying and it also is uh, nourishing you with mm-hmm. time. I love that. As we wrap up, I want to touch on two more things. The first thing is you mentioned blessing others. And I know that you guys have a partnership with the One New Education organization. So I want to talk about that a little bit and how you chose that organization to um, give back to and partner with, but also why you feel as though it is important to do that in business. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up that organization. One, it's um, how we found out about it is our friend, Krista Sadler. She is a geologist and a river guide. And, you know, we met her through the outdoors and our, our fellow love of this desert landscape. Um, and she's been a dear friend for years. And she might be the one who coined the term mom yeah, stuff. Yeah, she, she may be the originator of the mom stuff <laughs> term. Um, but she started One New Education. Uh, she does a lot of international travel. And she just saw such a need to help support the families of young girls in developing countries and places where resources were not um as available. And so she set this up and she works primarily in countries that she spends a good deal of time in, in Nicaragua, uh, Mexico. She um, does have uh, places in Asia. She has to know somebody really well on ground in a place so that they can kind of manage and oversee it. uh, That it's a volunteer. So that's her criteria. You know, she keeps a close eye on how the money is used and how the girls receive it. And so supporting her and what she's doing, we know exactly where the money that we're giving to her is going. And we know 100% of it is being used in a mindful and conscious and ethical way that is has the same intention as our business, which is to bless the lives of others. And so we really feel good about supporting her. And, and we... We also donate both products to auctions and money to lots of other causes. Um, We donated last year to an organization called For the Wild that is working on reseeding redwood forests. We've donated quite a bit of money and product to organizations here in Utah that are helping to protect Bears Ears National Monument and the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. We really love having a business that affords us 
a little bit of money to give back to things that we really care about and things and people who are doing things that we are inspired by, because I feel like that's part of having a business. It's, it's like a tithing in a way of, you know, the, the support that we receive from our customers. We want that to, to give back to other people. It's all part of, you know, we see ourselves as part of a web, both as individual human beings and as a business. And, um, you can't just take, yeah, you have Mm -hmm. to give, you have to be a, in reciprocity with, with people who are, who share your vision and who are also trying to help amplify love and compassion and care for the earth and all the beings that live on the earth. Beautiful. The last thing I want to touch on is what has mom's stuff taught you about community? So the word community, I think is interesting. A lot of times as humans, we tend to think of it as just other humans But to me, my community is the place where I live. It's the plants that are growing. It's the animals I live with. And then you can take that another notch up and it's the entire world. Mm. It's the community. You know, you can look at it in a micro and a macro view. And I think that that's a good thing to do. So I look at my product as a way of bringing different communities together. And that's been my experience as I started to develop it and make it. It was for a very small community. It was for my family. And I was, you know, asking for help from these plants and animals to come up with something that would help my family. And after that happened and I started giving it away, then I had this larger community. And now my community stretches all around the world. And it's a wonderful thing. And I, I love that. And I love uh, the connections that I feel with this community and how I've been blessed through this synthesis of plants and animal things that have come together and helped create, I think, a little link in the web of life. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, thinking about community, certainly our social media presence is a sort of community. And I, I love the sharing that goes on there. I love the, the accidental synchronicities. I got a a text from two different girlfriends in New York city who were both at a, a meeting for women entrepreneurs. And one of them pulled out a little jar of mom stuff and was using it. And my friend was sitting next to her and she said, is that mom stuff? And they didn't know each other at all, but they both used mom stuff and they had this connection. <laughs> and I love hearing stories like that. But it, to me, it's also creating community um, with our deeper ancestral knowledge because, you know, humans and our ancestors of all, you know, wherever we come from in the world have always worked with plants and been in re- reciprocity with the plants. And um, by giving people a tool or a product that connects them to using plants for their own benefit and for blessing their lives. You know, this is really antithetical to a capitalist business model, but in some ways my hope is, is that it sparks their curiosity and sparks their curiosity to maybe start working with the plants around them Mm -hmm. and, or maybe find the women or the people in their community who are making salves or making um, products so that we help people have that desire to connect, to not make them feel disempowered and like they have to depend on our product. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I had a little booth selling our salve at an herbal conference and it was a terrible business day for us. We made hardly any money, 
But the reason was because most of the people who came by my booth said, oh, I make my own salve. And that made me so happy. Mm, (laughs) I was not sad that we didn't make lots of money that day. I was happy to hear that there are people making their own products. So I know that's really antithetical to good business, but in some ways we hope that our product helps inspire people to tap into their own knowledge and the knowledge of their ancestors and the traditions in the land where they live of working with the local environment. I love that. I think that's a great way to end. Zaina and Lee, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate you both for spending some time. Thank Thank you you so much. It's been a real pleasure, Alex. And thank you for all the beauty and goodness that you put out in the world. And the way you draw people together and create a community in this way. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to to have women like you on the show. This is Community Building 101. Storytelling open conversations it just brings people together and i'm just honored to be able to step into this work and make that happen lee and zina have been generous enough to offer the hey girl listeners a coupon code to try their own mom's stuff salve you can use the code hey girl at checkout for a surprise discount off your order Again, that's code HEYGIRL for a discount. If you want to learn more and keep up with Mom's Stuff on social media, you can follow them at Mom's Stuff Sav, M-O-M-S-S-T-U-F-F-S-A-L-V-E on Instagram. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive. Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai.